Well, good, good morning, Bethel Church. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Okay, good. Good to be with you uh, again. It's been a while since we've been here, but uh, we certainly appreciate the opportunity to come and to speak, and especially during this joyous occasion. Amen? I hope that you're excited uh, for uh, Larry and Michelle and the family, and, and uh, that you're excited for the Lord. That would be the biggest thing, uh, to know that uh, he's, he's a major person in your life, a major influence in your life. But we are so grateful for this. And uh, you know, I got to settle message, message this morning, too, the first service. And he stood up here and he says, now that we have a digital clock, there's no reason to be late. <laughs> He didn't speak to me directly, but it was before I got up, so yeah, but that's okay. I was going to go through uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 1 to 16, if you want to turn to there before, uh, before we actually get to it, but I was going to uh, go through verse by verse, but then they told me I only have an hour and 12 minutes to speak, so so we'll see how that goes. I'm not going to go through it verse by verse. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right. But it is a blessing to be here, that's for sure. Uh, and to this special, special occasion, as far as I'm concerned, it was already told you about um, conference and what uh, the fact that we had to change from April to October, and October was just a very brief, compressed one day, not even a full day of just nothing but business. And um, got a couple of things really, well, everything was significant, but extra significant was um, uh, the approving of two churches that are under church extension. They were approved to become particular churches, and so that's always a joyous occasion as well. But then it was a privilege to uh, be on the credentials committee and so forth. It was just a tremendous privilege to be able to uh, have 12 men that were uh, recognized, uh, their ordinations were approved and recognized. Twelve men, that's, that's exciting. And we got more coming up, uh, had several come up. And quality men, we've had some great men in the BFC and uh, continue to have. And so we praise God for his bringing um, godly men to us. Uh, your pastors being among that group as well, we appreciate them and their work that they do for the Lord. Uh, but um, usually that uh, recognition service is at a uh, conference, and then the church has their um, local recognition after that. But because of the unusual circumstances uh, and they're being approved, you can, as a church, can do that now, which is what you're doing. And so we, uh, we praise God for that, and uh, we recognize that uh, uh, it's all the work of the Lord. And this, these verses in verses uh, 1 to 16 of chapter 4 of Ephesians is, is about unity in the church. But uh, in order to have unity, we have to have the ability to have that unity. So the ability to serve so that we can create that unity. But let me just read down through these verses for us, and then we'll go back and kind of just look at them in regards to our responsibilities and the ability, the privilege to be able to do that. It says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, bearing diligent, uh, being diligent uh, to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us grace was given, 
according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Let's pray. Father, we, we come to you humbly, recognizing your word is truth, recognizing it's from you, recognizing that we are to handle it accurately and, and sincerely uh, and uh, with uh, utter dependence uh, upon you. And as we listen, we need to have that same attitude, Father, that it's your word and we need to pay attention to what you want to say to us. And so as we do that, Father, may you be lifted up. May you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We need help um, when it comes to working in the body of Christ, when it comes to serving him, when it comes to maintaining unity. And, and if you've had to work with other people, which most of you have, uh, you understand that sometimes that's a, uh, not as easy as it seems uh, to, to work with other people, even amongst believers. Uh, sometimes we have our own preferences and, and uh, we get off on tangents and, and uh, we hold those in high esteem. And, and so it becomes tricky as to how we're going to uh, work with each other. But God calls us to do that. He says, I want you to do things together in unity. I want you to be one. Uh, so we are to work together. We're to think alike. We're not necessarily be the same person as everybody else, but we're to think alike. We're to think together uh, in these issues. And so uh, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need the help uh, of our Lord and Savior. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So God's pleased when we work together. Uh, you probably know that, but it's, it's true. And in Psalm 130, uh, 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. When we work together in unity, God's pleased with that. And, and uh, so we really work at unity to please God, not so that we just have calmness, not just so that we have uh, a good time working together, but it's to please God. As a matter of fact, everything we do in life, right, is to please God. It's not to, it's not to win awards. It's not to get a slap on the back. It's not to get your 50-year pin at Sunday school. It's because we want to please God. That's our purpose for being here. And uh, 
And we're going to do the ordination part a little bit later on in the service. But uh, before that, we uh, even at conference, we have a, a little bit of a message, a challenge. Uh, usually it's just to the man, but in the local church, we like to kind of include everybody. So everybody gets uh, tapped on a little bit here. Uh, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful reminder. I think it's an encouraging reminder, uh, the ability that, uh, that we're given to be able to serve our Lord and our Savior. And so I want to speak first of all to Larry. Um, uh, that would be in verses 11 to 13, um, which I've read already. But in verses there, the Apostle Paul writes that he gives. And that talks about God. God's giving. God gives gifts. Uh, he gave um, uh, gifts to the church. And we don't often think about this because we think about, okay, God's given me a gift to use in the church, but God gives people as gifts. And he's talking about that here. I've given these gifts to you, these prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. I've given these. These are, these are men uh, and that are gifts to you. Now, I've given them gifts as well. But these men are gifts to you, and Larry certainly uh, is that. And he, and uh, he, at the same time, we need to remember that. And Larry, you need to remember that that being a gift of God is a special thing. Now, again, not to hold you in high, real high esteem here, not to build you up too much, uh, but uh, but to let you know that because you are a gift, that you are to be used the way God wants you to be used. So that brings kind of back to the humbleness again of understanding that. Uh, we are a gift, but we're to be a gift uh, to uh, for the glory of God, to work in the body of Christ. And I think the best way to know that as a minister is to understand who God is. For us, in order to serve him, we need to get to know him more and more and more. And I know that we um, uh, encourage and challenge other people to do that as well. But that's important for a, a pastor and a minister, an ordained man, is that um, our calling is to get to know him. Don't ever get tired of knowing the Lord. Don't ever get tired of, of uh, seeking Him out, of wanting to grow in your relationship with Him. Uh, don't prepare uh, lessons and, and messages and, and things that you're going to do um, with just a kind of the head knowledge of how am I going to deliver this. But what does this mean to me? What is God doing in my life? How can I get to know him better? My relationship needs to grow deeper and deeper and deeper because he is the head of the church. And we know that. We've been told that. But he is the head of the church. Um, and that includes Bethel BFC. It includes team. It includes everything. It includes our home. He's the head of the home. And uh, we, we as ministers... Do not, none of us, but as ministers, a challenge to us is that we don't minister, uh, choose to minister for the Lord, but rather he chooses us to minister for him. So it's his choice. It's his calling upon your life and upon our lives and that we are gifts to humbly serve him. So Larry, in recognizing the Lord's headship and uh, our role and his plans, which is important, uh, you certainly have been given the ability to serve him first and foremost. Um, matter of fact, I think uh, a minister to truly serve God uh, and so that he gets the glory just needs to be aware of this, this serious truth that were his gifts and, and given those gifts to, to serve him. And the Lord doing that, giving those gifts and giving that man to the local church is not really a prideful statement. Uh, it's not something that we can, you know, boast about. It, it's really a reminder of just an awesome, awesome responsibility that we have. So that 
when we get up and handle God's word, uh, even in uh, something like this today, and we're, even though we're not going through it verse by verse, yet it's still God's word. It still is truth. And we need to understand the awesome responsibility that that is. We don't want, I've never in my years of being a pastor ever wanted to stand up and be held accountable that I said something that led people astray from what he says. And so in some ways, I still have butterflies thinking about that in my stomach. Um, Not the nervousness of having people out there so much as I want to make sure this is right. What I'm saying is right. And uh, so uh, keep that in mind as you continue to serve him day by day. Um, and so uh, when God gives a gift, he expects it to be used. Now, again, this could be ethical to anybody, but to a minister, uh, God wants to use that gift. He didn't give it to us just to rust or uh, for us to sit and boast about. It's something that he wants to be used. And so... Uh, uh, it, and it's an awesome responsibility because in James chapter 3, he says, Lot, not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as much uh, we will incur a stricter judgment. So uh, we need to be very careful. And I, I think the supreme goal uh, is to bring God to glory. Um, John said in chapter 3, he says, uh, I must uh, decrease and he must increase. And that really should be true for our lives as well, as we should be more in the background let Christ be seen uh, at all times in us through our words and our actions and so forth. So God equips, God furnishes, uh, he, and he fully prepares other believers, I think, to work alongside of us uh, for the Lord. Uh, but he wants you to serve in that capacity together. The BFC certainly has... Um, been through this process with Larry, and again, it was described as quite a, quite a process, uh, but it's one that I think was a very good process um, because it really allows you to understand um, the walk with the Lord and uh, what it means, and am I really, is, am, I, what, re, am I doing this for the right reasons or right purposes? Uh, so the BFC recognizes the call on God, uh, um, call of God on a man's life, but not only recognizes that, but then uh, at a conference will approve that. Uh, but even though BFC conference does that, all of us, I understand, and hopefully we understand, even as ministers, is that God is the one that's really called us. It's not the BFC. It's not just because we got their approval. It's because God called us. And all the BFC uh, did was just to uh, recognize that call. So God, again, gets the glory. He calls us to do uh, what he wants us to do, and it's all for his purposes. And so um, because he's called you, and the charge that you have from the Lord is certainly to build up the body of Christ. That's what this is about here in this passage. Um, You've been approved. You've been a part uh, um, of the body of Christ here for a long, long time. And I'm not sure, were you born here? I mean, you must have been born in a hospital, but, but I mean, brought here as a baby, you know? Oh, okay, long time. Okay. But I say that because, as already talked about, he's been raised up in the church, and I want all of you to recognize that you've had a part in his life. You really have. Um, you've uh, modeled for him. You've helped him. You've encouraged him. Maybe some of you have challenged him in his walk with the Lord. But you've helped shape and mold his life, or the Lord has used you to do that in his life. And, and that's important to remember, not only for Larry, but also for all of us. 
we're all role models in some way or other. We're role models. It can be positive, it can be negative, but we're all role models for one another, and we learn uh, from uh, how others uh, act and talk and think, and uh, certainly you've had a part in that, and I think that's uh, that's wonderful to know that. We've come to this point of, of ordination and, and growth in Larry's life um, and uh, the fact that you've had a, a part in that. So, Larry, teach, preach, live faithfully, handle God's Word uh, accurately um, in whatever context that, that he has you to serve him um, so that he gets the glory. And then in verse 13, talks about the minister's assignment. And I think that's to help people to mature. Help them mature in their walk with the Lord. Help them to understand uh, God's uh, perspective. Help them to understand God's benchmark uh, for them. is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to walk in unity and harmony with one another, to grow in their, their Christian walk. Uh, and it's something that we all need to be reminded of uh, from time to time. We really need to remind ourselves, but we need to remind one another as well. And so, you know, you have a small groups or life groups or whatever you call them, uh, but you have those to do that. You have a fellowship with one another that you can, uh, you can uh, encourage one another, pray for one another. Uh, so uh, pray for Larry, pray for Michelle, pray for the family as they continue to move forward, as they serve uh, the Lord. And uh, let's get into now the, the church's ability to serve, and that's verses 1 to 10. Uh, which I've read as well. Uh, but in here, uh, speaking to the body of Christ, now we're going to speak to the individual as well, but speaking to the body of Christ, uh, now uh, that's all those people who have trusted Christ as, as their Savior for the forgiveness of their sin. Okay? God has sought you out. He saved you. Now he's talking to you as his children. This is what I want you to do this, these, in this, these particular verses. I want that unity. I want you to be a part of that, a privilege, a responsibility that we have uh, to be a part of uh, having unity in the body of Christ here. And, and really, by God saving us, this gives us that ability. That's the beginning stages, is just by God saving us. It gives us, puts us into his family, gives us the Holy Spirit and the ability to do what uh, he asks us to do. And so by being saved is, is really the important part of, of the beginning stages of growing in our walk with the Lord. And we need his power. We need his power to maintain unity. We need his power to pray for one another, to encourage one another. Uh, we need to have that love of the Lord and the power that he gives to us, the ability that he gives to us. And so even though um, Larry has been ordained by the ordination, again, you've had a part in that. So verses 1 to 10 remind us that we are co-laborers. We are uh, to remember, uh, Paul says that he's a prisoner of the Lord, but I think that really applies to all of us. We need to have that kind of an attitude that we're prisoners of, of the Lord, and a better translation is in the Lord. And I say it's a better translation because not only of the original language, but also to reminds me, should remind us, that to be a prisoner in the Lord means that I'm in Christ. That's a special relationship. I'm outside of Christ when I don't know him as my Savior. When I am trusted Christ as my Savior, now I'm in Christ. I'm in his family. I'm, I'm drawing my uh, nourishment from him. My spiritual maturity comes from him uh, and, and through his word. And um, it's like a fish in the sea. 
when you uh, put a, foot, a fish in, in the sea, uh, he uh, draws his everything about his life and his breathing and everything else. And all of his nourishment comes from that. But if you take him out of the water for a few hours or a few days, you know what happens, right? Yep. He starts flopping, and pretty soon he doesn't flop anymore. He's dead, and he stinks. And really, that's true with us as Christians, is that by being in Christ, that's where we draw our nourishment. That's where we live. That's where we truly have life, is in Christ. And when we're taken out of that environment, we flop around. We don't know what to do. We're out of sync with who we are in Christ. And so we need to stay in Christ. We need to be there uh, all the time. So we work together by being in Christ and uh, as a body of Christ, we need to work together, being diligent, uh, Paul says, to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. How do we do that? that that's, a, that's a work that in and of ourselves we cannot do. But because we're a child of God, because he's given us the ability to do that, we can do it. So I think um, we do that, verse 1, by the therefore that's written that Paul wrote in verse 1. That goes back to the, the other three chapters. Uh, therefore, you look back, and all three chapters uh, are good reminders of why we can have unity, why we should have unity, the ability that we have uh, to uh, maintain unity. We've been called by God into his kingdom. God's made us partakers uh, of his family and, uh, and of his mercy and of his grace, and he's rescued us from the domain of darkness. Colossians chapter 1 says that. He's re rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom as beloved son. That's all a work of God that he's done for us. We were heading for hell, and we are if we don't trust Christ as our Savior. And I, much as we want to deny it, I did before I came to know Christ as Savior. I didn't want to think that that's where I was going. But that nonetheless, it doesn't matter what I think. It's what God's Word says. We're all headed there. And the only way that we can be rescued from that is by Him snatching us out of that, our trusting Him as our Savior and our Lord. So we need to be willing to be his prisoners, to live differently from the world. Don't let the world pull you into its, um, into its vacuum. Don't let the world and its philosophies. And, and it certainly does have an influence on our lives. Let's not kid one another, even as Christians. The, the world has an influence. You listen to the news long enough, you're going to believe it, even if it's not true. You read um, books that are deliberate lies when it comes to the Word of God. And if you read it long enough, it starts to make sense to you. Uh, and so you start, well, you know, you start questioning, you're wavering back and forth. And of course, the scriptures here talk about not being children and not let that happen. Uh, so we need to uh, be strong in the faith. We need to uh, hold on to what the truth is and, and have that being in Christ, something that's very, very special. So uh, to remember all of those things, then we can uh, preserve the unity uh, that uh, God has called us to, to do. So be willing to be as prisoners, to live different. Um, we're united by the Holy Spirit. We're together. Uh, we're to live in ways that please God. Okay, we're not here to please ourselves. We're here to please the Lord. Uh, and what a blessing that is. When we get that thinking right, um, it really does a, a unique thing in our lives. It's nothing that we can really explain. I can't. I can't explain the joy and the freedom uh, of the worship that can go deeper 
when we allow the Lord uh, to use us and to do it for His glory, uh, to please Him, um, it, it's, it's just something that the Holy Spirit does inside of us because um, this is how God wants to get the glory through us is when we yield our lives completely up to Him. So uh, we're united. And uh, we do this, verse 7, by the grace that's uh, given to us by God. Again, it's all of God. He saved us. He gives us gifts. He gives us men as gifts. Uh, but he also gives us a grace to use all of that. So it's all of him, his grace. That, that's the influence of the Holy Spirit working inside of us as children of God. It's his influence working in us so that he can work his life out of us uh, for others to see him, not us, so that people can see Jesus. So people can hear about Jesus. So people can also understand the freedom uh, that there is in knowing Christ as our Lord and our Savior. I think it's, a, it's precious, and I think it's glorifying to God when we express that spirit of humility, uh, loving and thinking of others as more important than ourselves, working together because we have the same God, the same Lord, the same Spirit. Now let's get into verses 14 to 16 where we have the uh, individual's ability to serve because that's important as well. We have the body of, we have the minister, we have the body of Christ, uh, but that body of Christ is made up of individuals. And so we have individual privileges, individual responsibilities uh, in our life uh, to, um, to bring glory to God. And in verse uh, 14, uh, Paul says, as a result, we are no longer to be children. So as a result, what he's saying here is, is uh, Jesus has given us uh, men as gifts. He's given us gifts. Now there's a result because of that. God expects results. When he gives you something, he expects you to do something with it, not just hoard it, not just keep it, not just continue on with life. Um, when I first got saved, I wasn't taught this um, from the beginning, and so uh, I got saved, and I was pretty excited about that. And then I sat there and thought, okay, now what? Now what do I do? I'm saved. Do I just go back living the way I've always lived? Do I just, what do I do now? I keep going to church. I know I need to do that. I need to be in His Word. I know I need to do that, but what? And then I came across uh, a pastor that uh, really explained uh, to us as a body that we were uh, in that. Uh, that as a result, God wants to use you now, use you in ways that maybe you don't even understand, but just by being faithful to him and, and trusting him. So as a result, uh, he wants the, the body of Christ to work together to attain the unity of the faith, Paul says. So there's that expected outcome. We're not to be like kids, I said earlier, and it's true. We're not to be like children. We're just we're, we're, we're being changed around by different thoughts and ideas that people have. And, and believe me, there's people out there that can take the Word of God and twist it in such a way that makes you think, oh, that makes sense. But no, it doesn't. Not when you filter it down through the rest of Scripture. They'll take Scripture out of context and use it to twist things around. That's why, well, I won't get into that. But that's why we need to be in the Word of God and uh, to see what it has to say to us. And so uh, the ability, I think, to serve God as an individual comes by a sincere, humble reading of, uh, and study of, of God's Word. To be in it daily, again, just once in a while, isn't enough. 
It's better than nothing, but I don't want to encourage you to do nothing or better than nothing. It's not good enough just to come on Sunday and open your word and have a powerful message brought to you and really touch you and say, oh, that was great. You close your Bible, you go home, and you don't even think about it until next Sunday. And then you come and you have another sermon. No, that's not what God wants. God wants us to be in his word daily. He wants us to study his word daily. And yes, I know some people have trouble memorizing. I'm one of them. Uh, But it can be done. You read the same passage over and over and over again. Pretty soon, something's going to start clicking up here. And you're going to remember. Then you start thinking about that passage. And you mull it over. And you think through it. and, And it begins. And the Holy Spirit, again just begins to do things. He shows you insights there. And of course, it has to line up with, with God's word. Uh, don't, uh, don't go off on one of these tangents where I'm going to go into the woods without anything in my hands and just kind of let God speak to me. That sounds spiritual, but it's dangerous. It's dangerous. We need to have the word of God so that whatever thoughts come into our mind, we can filter it uh, with the word of God. And then growing spiritually. We know that that doesn't happen automatically, right? It doesn't happen automatically. It's, it's, it's something where we have to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, we read in Scripture. Discipline ourselves. I hate that word. Uh, but we have to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. That means we have to be in it. We have to stay in it. We have to study it. Uh, it would be nice if we were like a computer where I could just put a, a Bible app inside of you and then hit the right icon and pop up comes the, uh, you know, the whole book of the Bible. And there you are in life, just, uh, just glorifying God and, and living the life that God wants you to live. That, but we're not computers. We're not computers. But we do have, we do have the Word of God. We do have his powerful word. We do have the Holy Spirit that's been given to us to guide us and to teach us and to empower us to do what he wants us to do. So if I'm going to grow on my, my uh, spiritual walk with him, I need to be in this word humbly, humbly receiving it, humbly asking God to do what he wants to do in my life as I read this. And if we're really sincere about that, your life is going to change. Your thinking is going to change. Your words are going to change. You're going to change. Other people may not like it, but God will be very pleased. And isn't he the one that we're going to stand before someday and answer for the things done in the body, whether they be good or bad? We're going to be judged by him, not by other people. Verse 15, each one of us is to speak the truth in love, to grow up into him who is the head, even Christ. God's truth and God's love are needed components for serving spiritually, for serving and growing spiritually and having unity. So our responsibility as individuals is to hear the word, to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us because he causes the growth in us, but also in the body of Christ. And so to be growing individually, we cannot depend solely upon your pastor's I'm saying don't, don't stop coming to church. Don't stop listening to his word. But ten, sometimes we tend to think that, okay, I, I sit under the hair teaching, and that's good enough. No, it's not. God has a responsibility for each one of us to be in his word and to not depend upon them solely 
certainly to encourage and to pray for them, uh, and, but we have that obligation to think and act rightly uh, ourselves. So when we hear God's word, we're to receive it, put it into practice, share it with other people, and work in cooperation and dependence on the Holy Spirit. So when we come to church, believing God's truth, exercising his love to each other, we can experience worship in a deeper way. What a blessing that is, again, to be able to come and, and not be pleased because we had good singing, which we did. Great singing, great songs. I love the songs of, uh, that you had here, but also other BFC churches. I mean, they're really hammering in. Uh, let's not just sing a song because we like the beat. What do the words say? Is God getting the glory in this? And uh, certainly he's lifted up and, and honored and praised in that way. And so uh, we, can, we can come, but we're not to come just because of the singing, right? Uh, we're not to come just because we like uh, Tom or Mary or Jane or whoever it is. We're not coming just for them. We're coming here to worship our Lord and our Savior. And we're to grow deeper in our walk with him because we love him so much. I hope you've got somebody in your life that you love a lot. I really do hope you have that. And if you have or had at one time, you know, as I know, that you want to be with that person. You want to get to know them. You want to, what makes them tick? What makes them happy? How can I live so that uh, I'm, I'm a, a positive uh, model in their life? That's our relationship with Christ. So we're to love him so much that I want to know more about him. What makes him happy? How can I live to please him? Because that's what he tells us to do. And so our worship becomes much, much deeper. And, and we enjoy coming to church. If there were only four people here, it wouldn't matter. Well, maybe it would. Uh, but if there were only a few new people here, that's okay. We're here to worship God, and we're going to do that together. We're going to lift up his name in praise and adoration. And what a joy it is. I mean, it's just it's something that just really eats within you that, in a good way uh, that, uh, that I, I want to be there. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of the body of Christ. I want to have unity here because I love the Lord so much that I love you. See where you get that from? I love you because I love the Lord, not the other way around. So we need to grow in our love for him. So this ordination of uh, Larry that we're having today, what a joy, what a privilege. And it would be um, not good of me to go through this ordination service without recognizing Michelle. Um, our wives uh, are a really a vital part of our life, of our ministry, of becoming ordained, um, if she were fighting and kicking and digging her heels in and uh, saying, Larry, you're dumb for doing this. Uh, I don't think we ought to do this. This is crazy. Uh, I don't care if you say it's come from the Lord or not. Uh, you're, you, and I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to call 911. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think Larry would have got to the place he's at. Uh, or at least I hope he wouldn't have. Um, but I know that Michelle's God is back. I know that she's a supporter. She's a cheerleader. And so they've come to this together. And so our wives are important. So to pray for Larry, to pray for your pastors, but pray for their wives, pray for their families. It's so important uh, that they all work together. And when you have multiple pastors in a church, 
I know that it's really important to pray that they'll have unity um, because that, that's healthy. That's healthy for, the, uh, for them. It's healthy for the body of Christ as well. So, um, Michelle, thank you for your support for Larry. Uh, and uh, even though we are not going to lay hands on you and pray for you, but I, I do pray that we will uh, pray uh, for you anyway. And so we're to, we're to pray for our pastors. We're to pray for one another, asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, to give us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. We're to pray, we're to serve our Savior with that, with that ability that he gives us so that we do work in unity and harmony and for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you thanking you that uh, you are a God that's worthy of our praise. We thank you for um, this service that reminds us what you do in our lives, certainly what you've done in Larry's life. Uh, but, Lord, it reminds us, uh, hopefully, of what you've done in our lives as well. Help us to continue to foster that by getting to know you more and more. The Apostle Paul couldn't get enough of you. And, Father, if he needs you more and more, uh, we need to get to know you more and more as well. And so uh, give us that desire. Help us to understand the work of the Holy Spirit and how you want to uh, work in and through us so that we bring you the honor and the glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.